Welcome to another live Wednesday night edition here on the Rock Pile and a very special um, Rock Pile edition tonight. Happy St. Patrick's Day. If you had your corned beef and cabbage, I know that's where I came from. My mom and dad's, uh, my mom made corned beef and cabbage was good. So I came right from there to here. We had a little bit of technical difficulties, but I think we finally got it right, right in the nick of time. So right before the shot clock ended here. But uh, I want to make sure I give a special shout out to the Rome Sports Hall of Fame for sponsoring all the Rock Pile shows and for specially sponsoring tonight's show. You can follow the Rome Sports Hall of Fame on Facebook. Their address, they're located at 5790 Rome, New London Road in Rome. They can be reached at 315-339-9038. You can email Dave Spiraglia. And they also do have a Venmo account at the Rome Sports Hall of Fame and a GoFundMe page for the benefits. Um, all the contact information is across the bottom of the ticker here. And I do want to make sure I give a special shout out to the Ryan Brothers, Marty, Joe, Kevin, and Brendan for sponsoring tonight's show with Coach. Um, that I'm going to bring him on here in, in just a moment. So without further ado, let's see if I can get him on the broadcast here. Let me unmute him and bring him on to the show just a minute. Let's see. I can see you, Coach. How are you? I'm good, Rock. Finally. Thanks Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. Right in the nick of time. I will say, though, I think Coach Evans beat you. I think we got on a little bit quicker with Coach Evans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I find that hard to believe. But I'll take your word. But I'll say that uh, I know you had asked me the other night, you said about Coach Aidy and Coach Evans. All the, all the coaches that have been on so far, Brian helped Mike get on. Gail helped Coach Evans get on. My sister had to help my father get on. I think the only one um, that didn't, I think Coach Harjung, I think she did it all by herself. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's beyond me. It's, it's well beyond me. <laughs> it took me a long time to figure out how to use electric pump for a ball. Well, that's okay. As long as we got you on, Coach. Hey, Coach, listen, before we get started, I got to say this, and I did this with my Uncle Paul. I didn't know you were a three-sport athlete. Yeah, yeah. Try to do a little bit of everything. So what? it was what, basketball, baseball, and football? And did you do track, too? I did track my senior year. I didn't play baseball. I did track my senior year. So now were you in the other one I was going to ask you, were you in the backcourt with uh, with Mike? Was he older or younger? No, Mike was uh, two years ahead of me, so I never got a chance to play with him. Uh, uh, he was he didn't play his senior year because he had a medical reason he didn't play his senior year, so I never got a chance to play with him. I would have played. I played my sophomore year, and Mike would have been a senior that year. Okay. But, he didn't but I, didn't, I didn't know you were a three-sport guy. Yeah, Catholic schools, you know, the smaller schools, <laughs> you do everything but light the candles in the chapel in the morning. <laughs> so what did you play in baseball, Coach, second base? I was a catcher, believe it or oh, not. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then uh, I played small field, but uh, I was primarily a catcher from uh, Little League up through. Okay. So where did the coaching come into play? Where did you start to get the love and know you wanted to get into the coaching field? Well, um it was the summer between my sophomore and junior year at the Rome Catholic, and I got a job with the Rome Recreation Department, and Coach Evans had just started the summer basketball program over at Fort Stanwick School. Um, so I went over there to, to work with him, 
and that's when I got the bug. Um, he's the one that got me to really uh, get into coaching. I knew that's what I wanted to do. The morning session was with the uh, the younger kids, so it was you know teaching the basics and um, have them enjoy the game, which is very important at a young age. And from that point on, um, I knew I wanted to be a coach. And coach, you spent three years as a freshman coach, right? And then a couple years as JVs? I was uh, at Rome Catholic. I started at Rome Catholic right out of junior college. Um, I finished junior college and I was going to Utica College to get my bachelor's. And Coach Didio offered me a chance while I was still going to school to coach the freshman team at Rome Catholic. So I coached the freshmen for a couple of years and I coached the JVs for a couple of years. Uh, and then um, the, the two years I coached JVs, I was also hired to teach at Rome Catholic. But uh, after that two year stint as a JV coach, I had an opportunity to go to RFA. And um, for the next seven years, I was on Coach Evans' staff. Um, took a year off to finish graduate work and Mike called and uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. He called and he says, listen, uh, you got a couple of weeks and that's when the motion offense first started coming in and he asked me to come over and put it in with his, with his team. So I said, yeah, I'll just do that. And um, I never left. <laughs> <laughs> 23 years later. So I had... Uh, I had three tours in Rome Catholic. As the student, I was the first freshman class to open the school up. And um, as a coach, left, came back as a coach again. So I had three tours in Rome Catholic. I had now, never coach, left the place. I didn't know you were an assistant with Coach Evans. For one year, yep. Um, I coached the Staley team for six years. And um, I asked him if I could spend full time with him on the bench, and he – um, thankfully he said yes. Um, and I did that. And then that's the point where I, uh, I had, uh, no other choice, but to, uh, take a year off to finish up my grad work. And so how did I you, how, I didn't how did you become the, yeah. How did you become the head job then over at Rome Catholic? I know you took over for coach 80, but how did, how did that come well, about? Well, the, the initial, the initial two weeks, uh, led into me being his assistant for the next uh, seven, six and a half, seven years. And then he stepped down and I just stayed on. So I always ask the question that there's always a lot of assistant coaches that take over for a coach that's been successful. And obviously Mike, Mike was successful at Rome Catholic. What was it like to take over for somebody that was successful there? Um, it, it's always a challenge, you know, it's always a challenge. And, uh, but you got to have some confidence in yourself and uh, believe in what you think you can accomplish. It was uh, it wasn't a very hard transition as far as the student athletes were concerned because I had been there as an assistant, <clears throat> excuse me, assistant for the the previous seven years. Um, but you have to, you know, you have to become uh, your own head coach with your own program. Um, so I, I felt as though I was ready and. Um, you just, I was thankful for, uh, for Mike for giving me the opportunity to just step into his spot. And coach, from, from learning from Co Coach Aidy and Coach Evans, and you know, I know you guys used to go to a lot of camps and clinics all over the place. What were some of the things you tried to take away from each of those guys and maybe some other coaches that um, 
you know, you might have followed in your career? Right. Well, coaches are notorious thieves. Um, we steal from everybody we can. So every camp we went to, every clinic uh, we went to, um, you always try to come away with a little bit from everybody. Uh, something that you think will fit with, within your scheme that you're trying to accomplish and try to use. Um, but there were some things, when I was teaching at RFA, I spent a lot of time um, in the phys ed office, and I would pick up some things from uh, Coach Mize, Coach Bruce, um, and uh, Coach Gelati that you wouldn't think, you know, swim coach, track coach. Yeah. Uh, but I learned some some great things also with Coach Evans prior to going into their office all the time. Um, as far as uh, organization, and that was a big thing. I would watch them prepare for practice, and they were very organized and very limited in time they would spend on each thing they want to accomplish during practice. And I think some coaches make the mistake where they try to, they, you know, they, they try to work on one aspect for a lengthy period of time and you tend to lose the kids. Right. So, you know, I always used to try to keep everything 15 minutes um, and then move on, move on, move on. But um, I remember coach Gelati one time, he, uh, he was sitting at the desk and he had an away uh, swim meet and uh, on my way out, I wished him good luck. And he said, well, we're not going to win. And I go, well, coach, all coaches say that. He goes, no, we're not going to win. And he gave me the exact score because the swimmers, and I don't know much about swimming, how it scored, how it scored but he knew where his strengths were with his swimmers and, with, uh, and his weaknesses were. So he had the entire meet down to the exact score before he even got on a bus. And so I... <laughs> I learned, I learned that there's things that you could uh, take away from everybody, whether they're within your sport or not in your sport. A coach is a coach. Yeah. And you're dealing with the student athletes and you try to, uh, you know, you try to pick and choose, or as I said, you try to steal a little bit from everybody you can. And coach, I always say that, you know, I, I was blessed to, to grow up with a lot of those coaches and in, in different sports. And, and you do learn, you learn something from every coach, no matter what the field or what sport is. But, you know, I always say you're, you're only as good as the assistant coaches around you. And, and you were fortunate enough. And I think in your head coaching position, you were blessed to be uh, around a lot of good coaches at Rome Catholic. Talk about some of those guys. Um, well, I had, uh, Hopefully I don't forget everybody, but with uh, Jeff Didio uh, being my first assistant, and Jeff obviously was a basketball person, um, Steve Campbell and uh, was with me for, for quite a few years. Oops, keep dropping my phone here. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other assistants that I had. But I, the one thing that um, you try to have with your assistants is uh, someone that's going to be loyal to you, loyal to the program, and hopefully you're going to have an assistant that wants to continue on and uh, aspire to be a, a head coach someday. Because, uh, you know, a, a good head coach is only as good as the people he has around him. They have to be dedicated. And um, 
I was very fortunate to have, uh, you know, quite a, quite a few, uh, si <clears throat> excuse me, assistant coaches that, uh, and I'll think of more of them as we go on here. Coach, how about the style of play now when, when you when you watch high school basketball compared to what it was, you know, even back, say, 20 years ago? I know some of the style now is more they like to run. They like to get up and down. You don't really see much of the half-court set anymore. You don't see much of the, you know, let's call a timeout and let's set up a play. A lot of coaches just let these kids get up and down the court. What else has changed? Um, not a criticism, but an observation. Um uh, <clears throat> I think the student athletes today, they don't have that dedication that the uh, student athletes back when, oh, when I played, when you played, um, they were willing to put the time in. And um, their parents were very cooperative. Um, I was always blessed with great parents with all of the, uh, the players that I had. And uh, I think that's probably, and the other thing that we, we talk about a lot uh, as we're watching games and, you know, we'll sit there and we're watching uh, the D1, watching Syracuse games, and, uh, you know, we question, how could a kid that's on a four-year four scholarship make a mistake like that, a simple mistake? Yeah. I think a lot of the, the, um, the student athletes today don't understand the game. They know how to play the game, but they don't understand the game uh, because there's not that, that full-time commitment that uh, they used to have before. But you're right as far as how the game is played today, it's uh, not really structured. And we come from a structured mm -hmm. background. Mm -hmm. And um, you have to have the right personnel. I think, I think sometimes at, at the high school level, um, there, there's a disservice to the kids because I think at that level, you need to have a little bit more structure than sometimes you see at high school games now. Um, you know, they watch the college games, so they want to play like the college games up and down the floor. I mean, you could have, we went up and down the floor as players and coaches, yeah. but we had structure, you know, we had, uh, uh, situations, we practice situations. What happens if there's seven seconds left on a clock? And then when the three point, uh, shot came in, what happens if you're up, you're up three and the other team has the ball, what do you do in those situations? So I think. You know, I would think all of us could be able to coach today. Uh, I think it would be a little bit of a, a little different approach um, than a lot of the kids have today. You got to have some talent. I mean, you have to, you get in a D1 situation. Do you want to run this, you know, we, we unstructured offense, I guess, if you want to call it something. And um, you better have at least three kids that can put the ball on the floor and take it to the basket when the shot clock's running down. Because if you don't, then you're going to see players going sideline to sideline instead of baseline to baseline. Um, and that's when you don't get teams that score very well because now you've got the wrong guy handling the ball and the shot clock's running down. And, Coach, how about, too, now with today's game, everybody's the Steph Curry, right? They're all taking those three-point shots. I mean, now when you watch some of these games, and some high school games, too, you know, they're taking 20, 30 threes a game, if not more. And I remember back when I played, if we took 23s, we were in big trouble. We weren't allowed to, to shoot that many shots. But you don't really see the back-to-the-baskets of traditional big man anymore. So that the style of play that way has changed, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's you got to go way back to where you saw 
perimeter game get to the final four when Rick Pitino had a Providence team. Um, and he had Billy Donovan. And they just had the perimeter game. And uh, from there it started picking up a little bit because kids like to shoot. So you never had, a, you never had to uh, work on a kid wanting to shoot the ball. But you're right, the game, that three-point line has, has really changed the game. Uh, but you still got to give – Coach Evans always used to say, you got to feed the big guy once in a while because if he's going to kill himself on one end getting rebounds for you, you better give him a touch every now and then. That's right. Uh, but it's a perimeter. I mean, now with the European kids, European kids coming in, I mean, we had a, a kid from Sweden back at our uh, Catholic high days and 6-7, and he just he was one of the best three-point shooters we have because that's the kind of game over there. And you watch it now in the pros and at the college level with these foreign players. So I mean, that's that's changed a lot with the the, uh, the philosophies of the coaches and the players back in the United States too. And coach, one of the questions I've asked everybody is, and I guess I'm kind of spoiled a little bit because I was fortunate enough I got a chance to coach with my dad, and I always say my dad was one of the old school guys. But, you know, he was an old school guy that came back and coached a little bit. And my dad adapted, you know, to the kids now in the game a little bit. But your style of play, how you coached and Coach Evans and Coach AD, I've asked this question. Do you think you still could have coached in today's game today? No, I think so. I, I hope so. Um, I think it would take a little bit of adjustment for us. But the good coaches, you hear this over the years, the good coaches or the better coaches, um, they try to adapt their philosophy to the players that they have coming in. Uh, that's a lot easier to be said than to do. And uh, I think, you know, I think the kids, just the kid, if they want to learn, they want to play, they'll listen to you and uh, they'll take what you want to teach them. Um, you have, I understand that the game has changed as far as uh, um, the types of uh, offensive situations you want. It hasn't defensively, but sometimes the uh, coaches, it's a lot easier to run up and down the floor, roll the balls out and say, I'll be back in an hour, don't get hurt, yeah. uh, than it is to have a structured offense and a structured defense. So I think, I, you know, any of us old timers um, would have to um, use a little bit of the game today, but also don't lose, a, don't lose track of a lot that we did in the past. And coach, I want to pull some comments over. You got some people that Joe Maurer said, what an offense, the running Red Wings. So glad that I learned from the system. Let's see what else we got here. Yeah. Bob Andrew says, Coach Kenny, I don't know if we broke you in or you broke us in You be when you became the head coach. What a great run. So much fun memories. Lemoyne double overtime. <laughs> Bob's Let's see a, what else. He's a neighbor of, uh, of my daughter now. And, uh, the kids all play together. It's great, you know, but uh, I still call him Bob, but he's Rob in the neighborhood. So I said, no, he's still Bob to me. <laughs> but uh, and you got Coach yeah, Bruce still, says, Coach K, you're doing a great job as usual. Who's Let's that? See what else we got? Coach Bruce. Oh, Coach Bruce. Coach, how you doing in Florida? <laughs> Let's see. You got Kevin Rice says, special man, special coach. We were always so prepared. He made sure we had the best of everything. He would prep us the same no matter who we were playing. Three hours Saturday practices prepping for Old Forge. 
we're just the same. Let's see, yeah, just the same as prepping for the sectional championship. We won a few games a year simply from his coaching. Well, I appreciate that. Kevin and Brendan are on their way to Indianapolis to see the Bonnies play. Yep. They got a chance in that first round. Yeah, could be. I'd like to take this opportunity, too, to thank uh, the Ryan brothers for sponsoring the show. Uh, it, uh, that means a lot. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Nick Aquino says, my all-time favorite coach. Coach Kenny's been a great friend of the Aquino family for years. Hope all is well, Coach. See what else we got oh, here. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, that, that Kelvin, was our uh, watering hole. Yeah. <laughs> Kelvin Carney says, I think Coach Cake would still be good today. I'm sure he would. Let's see, you got some of your other former players here, Coach. Danny Sanborn says, grateful for four years of playing for Coach. Taught a lot more than just basketball throughout the years. That's nice. I appreciate it. Just saw Danny. I haven't seen him in quite a while, and he was in town with his new wife a couple of weeks ago, and we spent some time together. It was really great seeing him again. No, that's awesome. So, Coach, five league titles, four sectional titles in 1990, 96, 99, and I think 2000, right, Coach, was the fourth one? Uh, yes. Yeah, it was. Uh, we were – we were fortunate. We made five appearances in the finals, and, uh, you know, we came out of there with four titles um, in 16 years in a small school. Uh, our school was relatively small as the years went by. I mean, we were – the last few years there, we were second from the bottom in Class D, and the only one below us was a school for the deaf. So we had um, – we didn't have a lot, but we what we had were, were – were great athletes. They did a great job with student athletes. Uh, I couldn't have been happier or prouder. And coach, I think Kevin Rye is going to probably yell at me when I say this. I know that 99 team of yours went to the state final four. And I still think to this yeah. day, you're still the only Rome basketball team that's been to the state final four. But I'm going to say this, and you can agree to disagree. I know a coach will never say which is best team, but I still say that that 96 team you had that I think was 23 and one, I still think right. was the best team that you had because I think if you would have beat West Canada, who I think you beat twice that year, I think right. they went on to win the states, didn't they? Yep, they um, they beat us in the state qualifier and they got to the championship game uh, in Glens Falls. Uh, they didn't win, but they got to the championship game. Yeah, that's always uh, <laughs> we always have a, a rival between the, the Ryan boys. They all want to know which team I think is the best. So I told them, you're only going to know if you can come to my wake and I'll have the answer in my pocket when I'm laying in the box. <laughs> hey, Kevin Ryan just said, Brendan paid you, didn't he, Rock? <laughs> <laughs> it's always tough to debate, right, though? Because it's sometimes it's always the luck of the draw. You play bad one game. I mean, it's, you got to catch some breaks, right? Yeah, we had uh, – at 96-team, we had some great games. Um, as a matter of fact, Joey Maurer up at Dodgeville, real late in the game, he made a big shot to get his back over the hump. We, we lost the lead for a little bit to keep the undefeated season going. And then at home against West Canada, uh, you could put another person in that, Jim. Brendan hit one from the corner at the buzzer to beat him. And Brendan uh, at, the, at the buzzer at Manly Fieldhouse to win the sectionals. And uh, we, that was just a magical year that the kids played very well. And um, that was a, 
that way, if, if you got a minute, I'll just go into that year a little bit. With yeah, it. no, absolutely. It was kind of, we um, that that summer, the previous summer, they were going to redo the whole gym, and it was supposed to be done by the time school started. Well, obviously, um, the gym wasn't done when school started, so we started. We our full preseason was at St. Peter's. Um, luckily, majority of the team went to St. Peter's, and uh, the seniors all been playing together since St. Peter's, so it wasn't a problem for them. And they, they were bound to determine. They had a they had a goal uh, that they wanted to, to achieve. And so the first time we hit the new Catholic High gym was the night before the first game, and the practice lasted about 15 minutes because the fumes almost killed every one of us. <laughs> so we only spent 15 minutes of an entire preseason in our gym before the season started. And, you know, coaches are very superstitious. I was almost thinking of going back to St. Peter's the following year. Um, but, uh, you know, that turned into be 23 straight wins. Um, they set some city records. I mean, most wins, most consecutive wins. Uh, first boys team uh, to Glens Falls, um, you know, ranked number one for five weeks. So um, they set some city and Catholic high records and city of Rome basketball records that are still there, and uh, we're all very proud of it. Coach, how special was it, though, to take a team to the Final Four? And as you said, such a small school. And I always have a lot of respect for the small schools. I, and I coach briefly at a small school. And I, and I know how, how tough it is, but how special was it to take a small school to the Final Four? Well, it was special taking uh, any team to the Final Four, but because uh, I know Coach Evans and a bunch of coaches that I know in the area and stuff always went to Glens Falls for their weekend for the Final Four, and I always refused to go. I said, no, don't. I'm not going until I bring my team with me. And uh, I was fortunate enough um, to get there with, with the – with the team and it was uh it was uh i thought i thought we were the best of the four teams but you know how that goes it's uh any given yep. day you know 32 minutes you don't know what's going to happen and um we we played uh you know we played a we, we played a team that matched up perfectly with us even to the color of their uniforms and the color of their sneakers um ford and up by Glens Falls. They had played on that court like five times that year. So it, they weren't nervous about going into a big arena. But they played very well. We matched up with them body for body, and, and um, we, we basically ran the same thing. So it was going to come down to who executed the best. And, um, you know, we had some rocky spots during the game, and we just couldn't get over the hump. And coach, I always wanted to ask you this question. So you were you you taught over at RFA and you, and you and you coached over at Rome Catholic. How hard was it teaching at RFA and coaching at Rome Catholic? Was it tough or? No, not at all. <laughs> it was uh, <clears throat> it, it was uh, it, it was kind of a obviously a unique situation. I always used to get uh, some guys with kids say, oh, yeah, you know, you can recruit right in the RFA halls and bring them over to Catholic guys. And I never did that. But if, it, you know, if a student athlete ever talked about what to do at Catholic guys, I'd give them the information. But, uh, no, I wish uh, it, it, the people at RFA and Coach Evans and the other coaches and Coach Coughlin, who hired me as, as a, a coach at, uh, at Rome, and uh, Mr. Dane, they were all very, uh, 
very supportive of myself and the program. And, um, and, and I got, and I got the same, uh, thing at, at Rome Catholic, you know, they were supportive of me being back and forth, but it never created a single problem at all. So coach, how about this one? So when, when you decided you knew it was going to be your last season, how did you know it was going to be the last season? Cause I still say you, can you hear me? Okay. Still. Um, you're breaking up rock. I'm sorry. I can't, I didn't catch right, let me questions. try to adjust this now. How about now? Any better? Real good. Okay. So um, when you decided to retire, because I still think you could, you had many more years left in you to coach. How did you know you were all done? How did you know it was going to be your last year? Well, <laughs> I knew the day before the first practice. Um, that's usually the day when uh, I'm just, I'm so fired up I can't, can't walk straight, you know, like most coaches are, all coaches are. And that the last year there, I, I didn't really have that big fire in the belly uh, feeling. And so I kind of knew, and um, but it didn't stop myself or my staff or the players. We just went at it like we normally do. And then when the season ended, uh, I just figured, you know, because I, I started, like I say, out of junior college. So I had 36 years under my belt by the time I decided to retire. Do I miss it? Absolutely. We all miss it. Um, but it was time. You know, I, I really felt as though it was time. Um, I didn't want to become a spectator while I was sitting on the bench. I still wanted to be part of, of the action. Yeah. And um, so I, I knew, you know, I, I knew. But I do miss I still We all miss yeah. it. We always miss it. We don't miss those cold rides going to Old Forge or Owen DeYoung or Oppenheim. Those we don't miss. <laughs> now, Coach, when, when you did decide to retire, did, did you still have any other opportunities at any other high schools? If you still wanted to coach then, could you have coached somewhere else? Uh, I don't know. Um, I know I had a couple opportunities while I was coaching. Um, when I was coaching uh, with, with Coach Evans, I had an opportunity to uh, – to, to go over to Hamilton College, uh, Coach Murphy asked me if I'd be interested in being part of his staff. But uh, my daughter had just been born. She was, you know, and it just wasn't the right time. And like I say, while I was still coaching at Rome Catholic, I had an opportunity to, to go, go to a bigger school, and I chose not to. I was, I was happy. I was home. Um, I like the fact I didn't have to share my gym with the volleyball or anything else. <laughs> So, um, no, I was I was thankful and I was very appreciative that I had opportunities, but I, I think I made the right choice. And coach, I know, every, I know coach, I made the right choice. every coach has their most memorable games, and obviously you've coached in a lot of big games. But is there one game that stands out to you as your most memorable game? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My first team when Mike left. He made out the schedule for me. So my first year, he scheduled everybody but UCLA and Michigan. <laughs> so he, he wanted to make sure I wasn't going to have a real, real good season on his first year gone. Um, but so I had primarily underclassmen. And the game that we won up in um, Oppenheim to qualify for the sectionals, and we were small, we were inexperienced, 
And that was very memorable. And the first sectional that we won, we played Hamilton at Lemoyne. And um, we, uh, we, my center was 5'10". Bobby Andrews was my center, and uh, it was Keith Wick, uh, Timmy Benedict, John Corbin, uh, and uh, Tony Cervello. They were starting five. Five ten center. Hamilton's point guard was 6'3". I mean, they, <laughs> they were huge and naturally great coach team, Coach Blackford. Well, we're playing at Ham- Lemoyne on a Saturday afternoon, and – it ends up going double overtime. And Bobby Andrews tips in a shot at the buzzer, my 5'10 center. Uh, yeah. And he tips in a shot over a kid about 6'5, six, 6'6. Six, six. And, you know, you know it's in, you know it's in, you know it's good, but you just got to make a check. I looked over at the trail official. He's got the hand down. It's good. And everybody's going crazy. Well, Coach Evans was at the game. Naturally, he was so he's always been very supportive of me. And um, so we got after the game, we talked a little bit and he said, you didn't think that wasn't going to be good, did you? I go, coach, I don't know. You never know. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you who the trail official was. It was Coach Hoke. Oh, dear. And he was a varsity girls coach at RFA at the time. And they had a sectional game Saturday night. So Coach Evans says, you know that was good because it's 6.30. He had to get back to Rome because he had to coach his own <laughs> girls. <laughs> That's a very memorable one. Oh, man. But the buzzer beaters uh, with Brendan, you know, were um, obviously memorable too. So you got more comments here. You got, Co- you got Coach Steve Campbell says, great coach, great man. Learned so much from him over the years. Mark Fokker says, Coach K is the best golfer in his foursome. <laughs> I'm the only one that can walk now. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Haduk says, Coach can still coach. Mike Haduk says, would love to have you join me and my son in Clinton. Who's that? I'm sorry. Mike Haduk. Oh, Michael. Michael, what a great guy. I'm, I'm proud of him. We're so proud of him, Rome Catholic. He's being up there at the lab um he was a hard worker too his son could stroke it yeah good good player yeah carl may coach manganero says great coach at rch when i coached there although he cut me from the staley junior high team in 81 i wasn't happy (laughs) that was the first time i had to make cuts when i went to the public schools (laughs) <laughs> that was an easy cut. I used to go into the Staley uh, locker room like 7 o'clock in the morning and post all the kids that made the team and then get out of there because I didn't teach there and didn't see me. <laughs> but um, I didn't know how, what, what it was to, to – I didn't – whoops, you lost me. Nope, I didn't know I what you. it was to uh, – what it was to make cuts. I mean, Catholic High didn't make many cuts because – you know, we're struggling to sometimes to, to build uniforms up. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was uh, a cut from you. How they remember all those things, good things. Coach, how about some mentors for you in, while you were coaching? Who were some mentors? Who were some guys you looked up to? 
Oh God. Um, you mean locally? I looked looked up to, uh, you know, Coach Evans obviously right away. Um, Mike gave me an opportunity, um, and then like I say, uh, other basketball coaches were were um, some of the guys in the area that were older. Uh, Coach Klein, who just passed away from Notre Dame, um, and non basketball coaches that uh, I looked up to and I still look up to is Coach Bruce, uh, Coach Mize. Uh, Coach Gelati, Coach Coughlin, unfortunately, isn't there uh, anymore. But um, they were non-basketball coaches that uh, that taught me a lot. And Coach, how about some of the best advice you got, even as a as a young coach, as as you got older? What was some of the best advice you received? That I received? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I guess. Always be honest with the kids, um, because they, you know, they could, they could read right through you if you're not, you know, to be honest with them. Um, and if you're, if you expect hard work from your players, then you have to put the hard work in yourself. Um, and th that pretty much, as far as philosophies are concerned, uh, you know, and enjoy yourself because. You never know when you're not going to be here to enjoy anything. So, right. uh, you know, always enjoy it. And, and I enjoyed myself as an athlete, and I want to make sure that anybody that played for me uh, also enjoyed themselves too. You know, when all the smoke cleared, <laughs> that they could look back and say, you know what, I really enjoyed myself those few years. And, Coach, how about for yourself personally from when you got into coaching to when you retired in coaching? Did you change – did anything change from when you started to when you retired? Um, Did you mellow out as you as you got older? No, I, they always really. say you mellow. Yeah, no, no, definitely not. No, <laughs> definitely wasn't mellow. No, I, I, you know, I, I, no, I don't, I don't think so, Rock. I, I kept a pretty uh, even keel uh, throughout my coaching. You know, I, I worked. I worked just as hard when I coached the Staley team, seventh and eighth grade, um, as I did when I coached the varsity. Um, and I put in as much time as I did at the seventh grade level as I did at the varsity level. So I, I would have to say no after 34, five years. Um, no, I don't really think I change. And coach, you were inducted into the Section Three Hall of Fame, I think, back in 2004. And then you're you're a member of the of the Rome Sports Hall of Fame. Let's talk about the Section Three Hall of Fame first, and what that means to you. Oh, that it was it was it was great. You know why? Because uh, it, it's uh, it's an honor that's given to you by your peers. Uh, and anytime you could have your fellow coaches honor you in any way. Um, that that was very special. And that same year, um, I also had the honor to receive the honor from my peers, uh, Section 3 Coach of the Year. Um, so anytime that you could get any recognition or an award like that, an honor like that from your peers, uh, makes it very special. And the Rome Sports Hall of Fame, it's, um, you know, when I, I, I stood up there, that that was quite a weekend. That was the weekend my daughter got married. Megan got married Friday night, and I was sleeping in the car in the parade Saturday morning. 
<laughs> and <laughs> Sunday, Sunday was the induction. But, and uh, standing up at the podium and I look out in the audience and you see the table full of all uh, inductees and all people that you looked up to when you were an athlete or people that you work with now and um, to be recognized by your community um, is, is extremely special to a coach. And coach, would you, would you have done anything different over your 30 years of coaching? Would you have went back and changed anything? Would I have changed anything? Um, no, not really. I don't think so. I, I think I'm uh, pretty satisfied with myself um, over all those 30 some odd years. Um, I don't think I would have changed anything because I think, as I say, during my career, I felt as though maybe some of the kids will pipe in. Uh, I felt as though I was fair to them. I was um, respectful uh, to them, respectful to their parents. Their parents, you know, entrusted their, their child for a lot of hours and a lot of days and a lot of years. Um, and I was very fortunate to have great families to work with. And um, I just... Uh, I, th I think I, I held true to that. And what do you feel now, Coach, when you see that, you know, years ago when there was there's no more Rome Catholic, right? Um, as somebody that right. coached there for a long time, what was your initial feeling when, when you heard the news that, you know, RCH was going to shut down? Well, it's, you know, being a student there, I mean, like I said, my class was the first freshman class. So we were the first class to go all the way through four years. They were on Catholic. And um, it, it was tough because I, just for a few years, two years away at junior college and then coming back, but then I went right back to Rome Catholic. So I was pretty much there my whole adult life. And um, it, it's, a part, it's a part of you that um, uh, you'll always cherish. Um, but it, it was tough when we learned. We, I mean, we could see, obviously, it didn't happen overnight. You know, right, it, was, right. it was happening a little bit at a time. So you were just hoping to hang on, but you didn't want it to hang on at the end where it wouldn't be what it was. And um, so it, 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 it was hard. It, it, it's still tough driving by there, you know, yeah. because you still remember going in and out of there like uh, you were still there. Now, Coach, you're a big – Like I never left high school. Yep. You're, you're a big SU hoop fan, right? Oh, yeah. So give me I'm the analysis. A, I'm, a Zag, I'm a Zag guy, too. All right. Well, that's good to hear because I think this is the year they finish undefeated and win a national championship, but I don't want to jinx it. What's yeah, the Syracuse so. breakdown? Do they get by do? San Diego? What's that? They get by San Diego State, Syracuse? It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. San Diego State's, they're like 20, they're 56 and three the last two seasons. They're on a 14 game win streak now. Um, and that's going to be a tough game. Um, there's going to be some decent teams. It's a hard, it's a hard uh, tournament to pick because there's so many unknown factors with, with COVID and a lot of schools only played a handful of games. Some didn't play. Um, like the mid-majors that are in the tournament didn't have the opportunity to play some of the majors because the first games they canceled were non-conference games. Right. Um, but there's some – there's some decent teams. Uh, Ohio State, Texas, I think, could make a run. Uh, I want to know what you're going to do if, when it comes down to the 
semifinals when the Zags meet uh, Michigan. You were always well, a Michigan guy. That's all I ever saw you in when you were younger. Blue well, I'm, I'm always a diehard Michigan, fo Michigan football guy. And, I, of course, back in the Fab Five and Steve Fisher, I always loved rooting for Michigan, and I still do. I think Michigan losing um, livers are their forward I think is going to be key. I got Gonzaga, Baylor, Texas, and um, Illinois, and I got Gonzaga, Baylor. I've said it's Gonzaga, Baylor, and everybody else the whole season, and I got Gonzaga cutting the nets down. Who do you, who's your four? My four, I've got uh, I've got Michigan, Gonzaga, I got uh, Illinois, and I got Baylor, and I got Baylor and Gonzaga in the finals. But Baylor, if they get up against Baylor, doesn't have a really good offensive team inside, they, but they just come at you. you. You know, they just come at you uh, defensively, and you got to bring your A game to beat them. Um, I had met you said Coach Fisher. I had met Coach Fisher at Kristen Evans's wedding out in San Diego when she was working. Uh, Matter of fact, she was the uh, uh, athletic, uh, academic athletic counselor for the basketball team at San Diego State. Yep. So I met Coach Fisher at uh, Kristen's wedding. What a gentleman. What, what a gentleman. Just well, you know, he talked to you like uh, he knew you his whole life. It was a thrill. You know, he was one of my, my favorite coaches, and he did a great job at San Diego State. And I think the reason why not many people know about San Diego State is they're always on late at night and nobody watches them. That's right. Or they're on late at night and you get Bill Walton, who's the – the color guy who makes me absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, I'm. Well, yeah, I'm not a big I, Bill guy. What's that? I'm not a big Bill guy. Listening to him, I sometimes I have to mute him at night. Oh, you got to. You got Coach Evans and I go round and round. Coach Evans loves him. I said, I can't. Finally, had two sportscasters on the CBS Sports Network yesterday talking about him. Uh, Tiki and Tierney. I don't know if you ever watched yep. that show, but yep. Tierney was talking to Tiki. He says, have you ever listened to a game with Bill Walton? He never talks about basketball. He talks about bagels. He talks about donut shops. The other night he was talking about the trees in the forest. <laughs> but, yeah, the, I watched, I tried a couple of times. I watched the Zags late. And um, in San Diego State, I've watched a couple, three times. Not totally. There, there's some decent teams that can. BYU's not bad either. Yeah. And coach, how about no, no coach K in the tournament, no coach Cal, but Rick Patino gets in there in his first year at Iona. How about that? How about that one? That's uh, I'll tell you a quick story. If you got time about Iona, my very, very first final four was 1981 in Philadelphia. And um, I went to Plesker to watch the um, all-star game. And I sat down, and then about 20 minutes later, the guy comes next to me. He's got a, uh, a burgundy sweatsuit on, and his wife has this matching sweatsuit. And I look, and it's, and it's um, uh, Jimmy V. And uh, I talked to him like I grew up with him the whole game. You know, it was a thrill. And I remember listening to Jimmy V at a clinic, and he was talking about when he was coaching at Iona, and um, there was some real five-star kid, and his assistant said, Coach, I don't want to go talk to him. And, you know, uh, 
he said, just no way we're going to get a five-star kid coming to Oneana, or Oneana, Iona. <clears throat> and the assistant said, let me take a shot. So the assistant went, he talked to the kid, and um, the kid came back, the assistant came back, and he said to Jimmy, he says, uh, I think we got a shot, but you got to come to the house and you have to talk to the mother. So Valvano said, what do I got to lose? So they go to the house, knocks on the door, the mother comes to the door, and Valvano introduces himself to the mother and says, uh, you know, Mrs. Johnson, uh, I'm Coach Jim Valvano, I own a college. And she says, well, come on in and talk to my son. So about two days later, the assistant comes busting into, into Valvano's office, and he says, Coach, you're not going to believe it. We got him. We got the five-star. Valvano said, how the heck did we ever get a five-star kid coming here? He said, when you opened it, when the mother opened the door and you said, Jim Valvano, I own a college, when the mother talked to the son after you left, she said, you're going there. And the kid said, I want to go to like Michigan or UCLA. She goes, no, no, you're going there because that guy owns a college. <laughs> I own a college. <laughs> I fell off. My chair, he told that story. <laughs> That's a true story. According to Valvano, he said true story. <laughs> hey, you know, I think they said that Rick Pitino, this will be his fifth school he's taken to the NCAA tournament. And uh, I said the other day, if, if I'm Indiana, other than Brad Stevens, I'm picking up the phone and I'm calling Rick Pitino to come to Indiana. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's happy where he's at. Yeah, I saw where uh, they mentioned Stevens for Indiana job, but uh, I, I don't think he. I, I was very surprised. He was one of the few college coaches, successful college coaches, that really did a great job as, as a pro coach. Yeah. Um, yeah, Patino is one of three. Tubby Smith and um, who's the third one? You know, the third one, top of your head, that took five teams. I can't remember the third, the third one. Yeah, hey, I don't know who. Yeah, Patino stuff. Coach, I, and I know you guys always go to the you guys always go to the uh, the Final Four. And this year, you guys are gonna have to miss it again, right? No spectators, or are they gonna limit it? Yeah. Well, they're they're basically limited to uh, um, very few spectators, you know. And the housing's a problem because you got every every school is taking up a hotel, and. Um, all the venues are limited, uh, so we just – it's just not, you know, not like it normally would be where you're all over the place. And uh, um, so, no, it's – unfortunately, no, that'd be – well, last year didn't matter because they didn't have it, but yep. this year is just not a good thing to do, at least the, well, coach, from my aspect. Well, Joe Mauer says the other coach was Lon Kruger. Yeah. And I forgot that. Yes. Lon Kruger is the other one. That's who it was. Yeah. Good job, Joe. Good job. Yep. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, Lon Kruger. I forgot all about that. Well, Coach, listen, I appreciate you coming on tonight. It's an honor to finally get down and sit down and talk with you. And uh, long career and a very successful career. You've always been good to me and my family. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on with me tonight. I appreciate that, Rock. And I want to thank you for the invitation. And I want to, obviously, like all the coaches, we want to thank uh, our families uh, for the you know, they put their lives on hold for a lot of years so we could chase our dream. Um, and, uh, you know, very thankful. I'm very lucky and very fortunate to have the family that I have and the support I have from them. Um, and um, 
I appreciate the invitation to be on this show with the program. You do a great job. No, thanks, Coach. I appreciate it. And happy St. Patrick's Day to you. And get out there on a golf thanks. course as soon as it gets nice. Yep. Tommy Angle is another one of my great assistants. I knew I'd get some of them. Oh, there you go. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Say hi, to, say hi to everybody for me, and I appreciate it. Will do. Thanks very much. All right, Coach. Thank you. So that was Coach Jimmy Kenny. Another. I always say there's always a handful of coaches that I wish I got the opportunity to play for. Obviously, one of them was Coach AD. Um, Coach Evans in basketball. I played for Coach Evans as I as I said on this show a few weeks ago with him. Uh, JV baseball. But I wish I had the opportunity to play basketball for him, and I wish I had the opportunity to play basketball for Coach Kenny. All three of my favorite coaches um, in basketball and any sport, really, with Coach Evans in baseball. So. The Rock Pile continues next week with the Legends. I talked to Coach Bill Fleet, and then the last one of the month will be Coach Jerry Fiorini. And I just announced it today, but for the month of May, I'm not sure if it's going to be Wednesday nights or not. I might have to change the nights because my son starts baseball. But I'm going to be talking to all the WKTV personalities. So I'll have Jason Paulus on the show. I'll have Jill Real on the show, um, Katrina Smith. Um, Steve McMurray will be on the show with me. Um, and Spencer uh, Davidson will be on the show with me, and that'll be for the month of May. I'll just have to let everybody know the days and times um, that I have those shows. Make sure to tune into the Mohawk Valley Sports Watch on Saturday morning from 9 to 11, right on WKAL 1450 in the new FM 103.3. I'll be talking high school football this week. Um, I'll have Coach Brian Briggs from Holland Patton on with me, Coach DeCola right here in Rome will join me, um, Coach Bates out in Camden. And uh, it'll be a full, fun day, fun two hours talking some high school football. And you know I'm going to talk March Madness at some point on Saturday morning. So I appreciate everybody following the show tonight and following the show on Saturday mornings. As I say every Wednesday night on The Rock Pile, The Rock Pile is where dreams become reality. Have a good evening, everybody.